0: Think about this. Our brains change. Memory is not amazing thing. What you think is in there is Our brains, brains aren't really finished. They're, They're not, not fully blind. cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't do have any brain. idea why yeah, because we're, we're doing so most smart of the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. We can begin to understand in a lot more detail what's going on in the scientific literature by really paying attention to the overall data that's coming. I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke.
1: I'm Rebecca McEnroy. And this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, data... And the brain.
0: You know the thing about collecting data on humans is that often we ask people to give a response on a scale of some kind or to enter some number and people are communicating many different things when they do that. Not all of which are what we hoped that they would communicate. So you tell people for example you know on a scale from one to seven how much do you like a particular thing where one means I hate it and seven means I really like it under what circumstances will people use the middle value four? sometimes they'll use four to mean meh. Yeah. You know, it's okay, but they also use four to mean I have no idea what this thing is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. And rather than saying, I don't know what it is. I, you know, or leaving it blank. I'm just going to say four, which communicates, ah. Yeah. So so psychologists use these scales all the time. And we assume when we use these scales that people are interpreting the scale the way we intended them to, meaning that they really are giving a rating of one when they mean they hate it and seven when they mean they love it and that everything in between is some level of preference in between. And
1: sometimes we even anchor the scales with those words on either yeah. side. So we kind of emphasize the yeah. fact that this is hating it hate and it, loving and it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Meh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but people then want to communicate with whatever means they have available. And so they will imbue certain responses with meanings, uh, even if that wasn't intended. So if they don't know what one of the objects is, they don't leave it blank. They, they give it a four. So you get an overrepresentation of fours. And, and there's even studies showing if you give people the option to say, I don't know, they still give these things fours. Even though even if you create some items that you know people don't know what they are, they're still going to give it a four instead of saying, I don't know, because they're trying to save face. So so we communicate all sorts of things with these rating scales, whether, you know, whether they're in there or not. And sometimes we do it in ways that also don't fit the right kind of data. So so for example, psychologists will sometimes ask people questions about how likely is a particular thing to occur. And you know, the base rate likelihood of all sorts of events is really low. So so how likely is it you're gonna get in a car accident today? Well, I, I don't know what the base rate is, but it's, it's really, really low, right? Most people who are reasonable drivers get into a couple of accidents over the course of their lives, right? So there's many, many times that they're in the car, very few times that they get in an accident. <laughs> but you'll give people, you'll say, how likely is this? And they don't know, so they'll be like, ah, 50%. <laughs> And what they mean by fifty percent is it's a coin toss, right? It's so it's a handy way of saying I don't know, could be this, could be that. I don't have any information. So when you look at probability data, there's this overrepresentation of fifty percent in there, yep. wh- by which people mean I have no information for calculating this, so it must be the base rate probability, which is a statement most people can't make.
1: Which actually is just indicative of a broader issue of our misunderstanding of probability
0: in all of its in-
1: instantiations. <laughs> you know, what's interesting about human beings is that we, and other organisms as well, we we, we have a, a, an underlying understanding of probability that sort of drives our behavior in some ways. But consciously, once you start to think about what's likely and what's not likely, we're terrible at that. Yeah. So we resort... To what seems like that would be the probability, like the 50 50 thing, you know, I guess it's a 50 50 chance. Well, actually, it isn't even close to a 50 50 chance. It's just that that's your misinterpretation of what it means to have a 50 50 probability. Yeah. Yeah. So you had an interesting data anomaly. I, I, I do, actually, that uh, is one of these things that's not intuitive, but true. So if, if I were to pose the question, if you think about leading digits of any number, a, a number that has multiple digits, And I would ask you, what's the likelihood of any one digit, zero through nine, any one of those 10 digits appearing as the first digit in a number? Well, not zero. Well, well, we're talking about even behind a decimal place, for example. Oh, it could be zero, right? It could be zero. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So behind a decimal place. And I would say, okay, so what's the likelihood of any one of those digits appearing as the first digit or the first digit after the decimal place? I think a reasonable thing, speaking of probabilities, would say, well, they all have an equal probability of that. That'd be, be one in 10. One in 10, exactly. Right. So they would all have an equal probability of, right. of occurring. And, and it turns out they don't. No. Yes, it's actually an interesting thing that smaller digits, I mean, things closer to zero, zero, one, two, three, have a higher probability of occurring as a leading digit than larger numbers. Now, in what kind of data is this? In in all kinds of data. I'm glad you asked. Thank so, you. and and it seemed like so. Why would that be? And and actually, I don't think we know why that is. But but there's a there's a name for it. It's called Benford's Law, which actually is observed in all kinds of things, in in economic calculations, in constants, in physical laws. That it tends to be that the and 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 this is not sort of a a, a choppy. Distribution. If you actually plot this, you'll see a power curve where there's a, a lot of zeros, a, somewhat fewer ones, somewhat fewer twos, somewhat fewer threes, and by the time you get to nines, there's the least number of outcomes of that. Isn't that just interesting in a mind-blowing way? It is interesting, and it also makes me wonder if we are more likely to imagine numbers lower. Like, are the numbers we imagine more credible when they're lower versus higher because of that? Yeah. Well, here's the the thing. We know already that human beings are terrible at making something look random because to us, we imagine that random stuff is patternless, right? So if you say to somebody, make a random arrangement of things on a table, they will never clump things together because that wouldn't look random. But actually randomness has nothing to do with how many things are clumping together or not. And, and one application of this has been in forensic accounting. So when people are making up numbers, you think, well, I, I haven't had many nines yet. I should probably put some nines in here, thinking that all those numbers should be equally distributed across all those things, when in fact, they aren't. And one of the ways that people detect fabricated uh, data on financial data documents is they apply Benford's law. And if it violates Benford's law, I think, well, this doesn't seem like it would actually occur naturally. Next week, we'll talk about the psychology of status with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. David Alvarez, Jake Perlman, and Michael Crawford are our engineers. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and I produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas. This goes under the category of correcting errors. Uh, last week, in talking about uh, Benford's Law in our discussion about data, I misstated uh, the characteristics of Benford Law. And a couple of our astute listeners quickly wrote in to let me know about that. And I'm very happy that they did. And I just want to say one thing about that that will uh, hopefully clarify anybody who was upset about my miss quoting or misstating what that law is about. And actually, what the law states is that there's a higher probability that the leading digit in a number, uh, and I say leading digit meaning not zero, uh, one through nine, will be uh, closer to one than closer to nine. So you would think that perhaps if there were nine digits, each one would have an 11-ish percent of occurring as a leading digit. Actually, that's not true. Ones have a 30% chance, and the chance of any digit appearing in the first position uh, diminishes as you get closer to nine. Anyway, like I said, we misstated that last week, and we're happy to correct it now. And again, I want to thank our two astute listeners who uh, were kind enough to take the time to write and let me know uh, about my mistake. So anyway, thanks so much.